sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into Diamond Bets. Matt and Joe with you here talking baseball, everything from season-long fantasy. We'll address some waiver wire stuff. Are you into DFS? We'll tackle that as well. Straight up baseball wagering. Well, this is your spot. Joe, let's go around the diamond and look at some of the news that jumps out at you and affects what we're going to do this week in baseball. Well, the top of the list has got to be Wander Franco, who is dealing with a, a wrist injury. And again, as of right now, we don't know the extent of it. We know the fear of it, which if it is a handmade bone injury, that could mean six to eight weeks recovery. Uh, and that's a huge blow to the Tampa Bay Rays. We kind of spoke about this earlier in hour one. This offense can't afford to lose a player like Wander Franco. They've already been without him for quite some time. And, and it just stinks for all of us baseball fans because Wander Franco is fun. Wander Franco is a fantastic young player. Another one of the great young stars of Major League Baseball. So this stinks on all levels, especially for uh, the Rays. So the Rays have a little bit of pressure on them right now. And they might have to make a move in that offensive category. And we are in July where it's time to start making some of those moves, especially that division. We talked how competitive they are. I mean, even the Baltimore Orioles are slightly competitive or at least more competitive than the Angels, as we spoke of in the past. Frankie Montas, a shoulder injury, playing catch on Saturday. So we'll see how that goes. He was the number one pitcher, arguably, in this market for trades. But a little bit of the shoulder soreness, all of a sudden, that's put Montas's value in question. More to come on that. The Reds activated Tyra Stevenson on Saturday. Uh, Andrew Vaughn of the White Sox was back in the lineup yesterday. So that's a good thing because he has had a very quietly good season for a team that continues to struggle to find its identity and find some footing. And Matt Manning nearing a rehab assignment for the Detroit Tigers, who have been on quite a little run here and sticking it to those White Sox recently. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> six in a row. They got to shave their uh, their coach's head. I saw that yesterday. They said if he won six in a row that they would go with the Joe Pizapia look. And I might add, it's a very mm -hmm. handsome look at that. Uh, but let's go back to Wander Franco because, look, Matt, the Tampa Bay Rays are in the thick of it. McClanahan has been absolutely spectacular for them. But you do have to score runs. And Wander Franco is the best hitter they have on this team. Make no mistake about it. I know they've been putting it together, patching it together. But two weeks is a little different than six to eight weeks especially down the stretch. So do you think that the Tampa Rays are going to go out there and be aggressive and find another uh, offensive player to fill this void that's going to be left by Wander Franco potentially for quite some time? <clears throat> I think this organization has shown a practical mindset. And I think that they'll mm -hmm. listen to any offer out there and do their due diligence to make their team better. But what they've done on the field has changed the game. You've heard of small ball. The Rays play short ball, and that's a six or seven inning game and then turn it over to a bullpen or start with an opener any which way you turn it around. But if they can couple small ball with short ball, they can withstand this. But you're right. If this is a hammock injury, that bone we've heard countless times, we oh, it was the oblique, then it was the hammock bone, then it was a... This is no joke, especially in baseball. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what you use right here, right? The, the base of your, yep. your fist almost to swing the bat. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys have it shaved off. They have they wear a protector. You lose a guy like Wander Franco. That's a shame for the game. But from a wagering perspective, the Rays can still find ways to win games. And I would look at unders until we know more. 
And I remember Pablo Sandoval having this in both hands, if you recall, back in the past, right? And it zapped him of a lot of his power. Uh, so look, he's a young player. I don't want to get too crazy about all this and get, you know, too nuts. Let's just hope for the best and we'll see what kind of break it is. Uh, Frankie Montas, let's talk about this because the A's just two weeks ago looked like geniuses, right? Because they waited, they they dealt Shamanaya before the season. And then they waited as we welcome in our radio audience here to Diamond Bets Hour 2 on Sports Grid. Joe Pizapia, Matt Stryker taking you through. And uh, we're talking about Frankie Montas and that shoulder injury because look, Matt, I mean, the A's were in the driver's seat here in full control, ready to make a, a, a huge splash with Frankie Montas and bring back a lot for this organization. Now the shoulder injury. So now even if he's throwing, I don't know how the medicals are going to clear. I don't know what this is going to mean for their ability to move him or what they're going to get back now. So has this backfired on the Oakland A's waiting this long to make this move? Or has someone internally said, hey, look, if Montas is healthy, we have Paul Blackburn, we have Cole Irvin. And by the way, Blackburn for a while was one of the most profitable first five pitchers in baseball. It's wagering on just on the first five innings. So even though Oakland was abysmal at home, abysmal on the road, there was a point early in the season where they lead in the league in runs and so on and so forth. Someone somewhere said, hey, we could be good again. If Montas sticks around, this is a fun team. If the deadline passes and Montas is still an A, I would start to look at wagering when those three guys go because there's big three right there and we talk about it all the time how important it is, Joe. I'm sorry, Matt. The correct answer we were looking for is yes. They've they've screwed the pooch here. <laughs> they have They have failed. Is blown up in their face. I like that you tried to put a sunshine and rainbows on it, though. That was really good. It was a nice attempt there. But uh, hey, when did you become the positive guy? How did that? How did that happen? <laughs> and you become show? the curmudgeon? Hey, listen, it's a freaky Sunday. How did these hats change? What kind of weird three card mm-hmm. Monty game have we been playing mm-hmm. here the last few years? Uh, no, I mean Oakland is is up against it now. This was the big piece, and I give them credit. I thought they were they were geniuses, but this is the risk you run when you have the big pitcher. If the pitcher gets hurt, how do you get him to clear all the medicals now to get traded? Who's going to make that big investment? Are you going to move a big-time prospect or two for Frankie Montas and an iffy shoulder? It's a tough sell for me. It's a tough sell. I think somebody's still going to do it, but I don't think they're going to get what they thought they were. So we shall see how that all ends up for Frankie Montas and the A's and wherever he ends up. When we come back, the All-Star game was voted on. Who's in, who's out? We'll tell you. Stick around for more Diamond Bets. Who are the All-Stars? We'll be right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back in. This is Diamond Bets. Matt and Joe with you here. We're talking everything baseball. We're looking at it from a wagering perspective because even if you're just a casual fan, there's a way to pull some money out of baseball, man. The All-Star Game's coming our way in, uh, what is it, a little over a week, I'd say. So, Joe, let's dive in, as I looked off camera to my calendar, let's dive into the AL and the NL as complete teams and see where we can't find some value. So what do you like? Let's start in the AL. Well, look, next week we're definitely going to talk a lot of home run derby, but I want to talk about what kind of calendar you got. Is that like a Garfield calendar? <laughs> like, what, what, what do you it's got? A, an at a glance. You know, those big desk glance. calendars, but it's hanging it's just on like the pastoral wall. images. Is that what it is? It's just like, <laughs> yes. 
you know, very calming Bob Ross like scenes. Yeah. I've got, uh, I've got two calendars. I got my Rick and Morty calendar in the kitchen area. And then I've got my Marvel calendar in the office. Usually it's a South park calendar. I couldn't find one this year that I don't know what was going on there. So I I don't know, but I'm glad that you have the nice pastoral scenes that keep you calm, you know, during the tumultuous times down there in the office. Uh, yes, the all-star game, is upon us and yes there will be some fun wagers and bets and we're gonna break that all down for you next week's gonna be a a lot of fun things especially the derby stuff we're definitely gonna get to that we're gonna have the uh the preview too of all of the um the major league baseball first year player draft too is happening that's very exciting so that's a lot very cool show next week so stick around for that don't don't miss it set your write down your in your uh, pastoral calendar there everybody all right so here are the uh the lineups we'll start with the uh the american league and these are the winners from the fan vote. And then we'll talk a little bit about the guys who just missed the list. Uh, catcher Alejandro Kirk with the Blue Jays. I got no problem with that. His first selection. So congratulations. That dude has earned it. Plus, he is one of my fit fat brothers who could eat a sleeve of Oreos and go run three miles, I'm sure, like me. Uh, so congratulations. His teammate, Vlad Guerrero Jr. of the Blue Jays, his second selection. He's going to be the starting first baseman. How about Jose Altuve? Matt Stryker. This dude's got 17 bombs. Can we talk about that? Can we talk about Jose Altuve, his eighth all-star game? Jose Altuve, boys and girls, should be a Hall of Fame player someday, okay? He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Everybody needs to get over the scandal and the nonsense. He is a great player. Not a good player. He's a great player. Uh, Third base, Rafael Devers. Now, uh, unfortunately, he can't face Garrett Cole in this game. They're going to be on the same team. Uh, That's the picture I want. I want these two guys together in a photo at the all-star time on the same team hanging out together. Cause you know, they're both going to be there. Devers second selection, uh, Tim Anderson, the starting shortstop, despite missing all that time, his second selection as well. Then the outfield, we have Aaron judge. No surprise there. Fourth selection, Mike trout with his 10th selection to the all-star game. Giancarlo Stanton with his fifth and the designated hitter Shohei Otani of the, uh, of the, uh, Los Angeles angels of Anaheim with his second selection there in the last two years. So look, it's a star-studded group. There's no doubt about it. Um, we can quabble about one or two things, and we will. Right. But these are some – look, this tells you – I always feel like the All-Star game is a great indication of the health of baseball, right? Let's take a look at this. Vlad Guerrero, young player, right? Right. In the thing. Rafael Devers, young player, right in the thick of things. Shohei Otani, uh, I would say a worldwide phenomenon. And that is a huge thing for baseball, to have a, a world stage player – Cause I don't think they've really had that in quite some time, to be honest. Like Ken Griffey Jr. was kind of like that, you know, maybe here and there, there's been a couple guys that you could say for short windows of time, but Otani is that dude right now that just kind of encompasses all of sports. Uh, and then of course the season that Aaron judge is having for the Yankees, along with his teammate, Giancarlo Stanton and Altuve is always an exciting player. This is a great group. This is a very exciting group too. And it's nice to see, you know, guys like Alejandro Kirk getting the nod too for his first time because that dude's having a great season at catcher. What are your thoughts on the American League roster and how it looks to you? Uh, it's an eclectic and diverse representation of society on the baseball field. Yeah, You're right, true. man. It, it says so much about the health and state of the game, these young, smiling players. Uh, and now that I've said all my niceties. Let's dive into some of these things here. Look, Alejandro Kirk, I'm with you. I have no disagreement, but he can't throw anyone out. So I'm wondering, (laughs) is he going to run on him Mm -hmm. from the NL side? Are we going to see things like that? Remember, I'm always thinking from a wagerability thing. What's the over going to be? How many runs are there going to be? And then when you look at that outfield, 
Is that not just a Hollywood leading man outfield? Yeah. If you've ever seen one, Stanton and Judge, statuesque, Trout, who's been the face of baseball for so long. This is nice. This is fun. But there's also the potential for a lot of runs out of this American League lineup. A lot. You're right. Those three do like the the, uh, the cover of Men's Fitness magazine. I would like to see Alejandro Kirk on that cover with them. Just, just because <laughs> I did. I think that, you know, that ESPN, the body issue, let's get Trout, Stanton, and Judge for a photo shoot, and Alejandro Kirk. Kirk and Rowdy Telez. Just, yeah, <laughs> Kirk, Rowdy Telez. It's Chris Farley and back, Patrick Squeeze. You know, yes. hanging out there, having a couple beers uh, in the next That'd table right next to them. <laughs> Looking at them almost as if they're, you know, snobs. And I was like, what That's are you guys great. doing? Yeah. We're all major leaguers too. Get, get, get right. All right, let's take a look at the National League here. Catcher Wilson Contreras, certainly deserving. He's having a great season for the Cubs. His third all-star selection over first base for the National League team. Paul Goldschmidt just edged out uh, Pete Alonzo, who also very deserving. We can hope that Alonzo will probably get on that roster and maybe do the Derby again. Uh, Pete Alonzo also yesterday wore the stirrups in honor of Keith Hernandez. More about that later. And he also left the mustache, shaved the rest of the beard. Very cool for Pete Alonso and went yard yesterday in a comeback win for the Mets. But Goldschmidt deserves the nod. He has been unbelievable. He's the MVP in the first half, no doubt. Jazz Chisholm of the Marlins, his first selections. There's some great uh, that I think the fans are recognizing. Jazz Chisholm, you know, sometimes it takes the fans a little bit longer to recognize the young players. At times, you know, you get some of these old standbys. Uh, and then at third base, Manny Machado just beats out Nolan Arenado. We'll talk about that in a second. Machado's sixth all-star selection. Trey Turner for the Dodgers. No surprise there. It's shortstop his second selection. I was surprised it was only his second selection. I thought he would have been in the all-star game more, but he has had a fair amount of injuries throughout his career. And then the outfield of Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, Jock Peterson. Look at Jock hmm. Peterson having the first half of his life. Those uh, good luck pearls have really done him well. And Bryce Harper was voted his seventh selection to the designated hitter spot. Uh, looking at this team and these two rosters, you know, looking at the American League, <clears throat> you see a whole bunch of power hitters, right? You see Stanton yeah. and Judge and Vlad, right? I'm looking at this National League team. I see Jazz Chisholm, Turner, Acuna, Betts. This is a fast team. This is a very athletic team. You want to talk about it? Uh, you want to talk about some total base props maybe in this game or whatever we got going here? This is a really athletic group. And I kind of wonder in a game like this, you know, does the athleticism take over? Does the speed take over a little bit? But very different constructions of these two teams, which I thought was kind of fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it takes the pulse of not only the game, but each individual league. And I think it also helps you in your wagering when you look at each league as a as an identity. You think American League, you think power, all, all that. You look at the National League, you can think run production as well based off of speed and timely hitting. That's why I think the over is going to be set so high. But we've seen in some All-Star mm -hmm. games where it's 0-0 zero, zero forever. Yeah. So uh, there's two ways you well, can Well, you never get a but... second look. That's the problem. That's hitters the never get a second right. third look in a picture. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, what about so the guys that's that didn't why make I was it? Yeah. All the guys that didn't make it are who's who of MVP candidates. Nolan Arenado just missing it. It was a 50-50 vote. Basically, he lost by uh, – uh, I mean, look, I know you're pissed about it. Jordan and Alvarez, Harper's though, didn't make play, it. So that's ridiculous, I know. Too. Well, there you go. So you'll get Nolan Arenado <laughs> – you know, to play there, I'm sure. And Jose Ramirez and Jordan Alvarez. I mean, these are two guys that having MVP caliber seasons, in the American league, there's just not enough spots. I mean, look, Raphael Devers, I would have put, if I had a vote and I did, I'm, I'm, I'm the public, I'm Joe public. I voted for Jose Ramirez. Um, it's hard yes. to vote. Not, you know, 
not Otani at the DH box because you want to see Otani in the game. But from a hitting perspective, purely Jordan Alvarez is the right answer. So look, you know, this is the problem with the fan vote, but at the same time, we accept it. Those guys will all be there. Also uh, will be there in the legacy votes. Uh, you have Albert Pujols yeah. and Miguel Cabrera making the trip. So that'll be fun to see the, uh, the old guard getting a little time at the all-star game for one last hurrah. That'll be a nice, uh, nice little moment for those guys. So when we come back, uh, we're going to hit a little bit of a break and then we're going to look ahead to some of the games next week that are very important before the all-star break. Setting a tone is important. And we'll talk about what those teams need to do right here on sports. Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back in Diamond Bets. Matt and Joe with you here talking everything you need to know to pull some money out of our love of baseball. Of course, keep us in your pocket anytime, anyplace at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV. If you want the edge, you get on the grid. Stay tuned on the other side of the hour, more quality programming and more importantly, more quality information coming your way. All right, Joe, let's look ahead at some of these series that stand out to you this coming Mm -hmm. week of Major League Baseball. I think it's going to be an intriguing week because it's ahead of the All-Star break and just human nature is going to tell you some of the guys that aren't on their way to the Midsummer Classic might be thinking (laughs) of where they want to go on vacation, things like that. It's a Mm -hmm. grind. We have to keep that in mind. So let's look ahead. Let's start. Phillies and Jays, take it away. Well, look, this is an opportunity here for the Phillies to gain another couple games. Uh, they're going up against the Blue Jays, a very good team. Uh, I don't know which version of Jose Barrios we're going to see. Is it Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde? I don't know. But he has been the most impossible pitcher to gauge or invest in all year. Uh, I never know. You never know. There's no stat that we can follow. No split that makes sense. Everything is just a hot mess when it comes to Barrios. It's just either great or it's terrible, and there's been very little in between. Uh, but Zach Eflin against Burrios in that first game, and then Zach Wheeler against Castillo in the second one. This is an opportunity. You go to Toronto there, you take these two games here in the beginning of the week. This is good. You want to try to build up a little bit of a cushion here in that wild card standings where you are because it's also a good measuring stick against the Blue Jays. Uh, and the Blue Jays are a team, too, that I don't think have played their best baseball yet. Alec Manoa has been great. Gossman's been dealing with a little bit of an injury recently. Again, we keep looking for which Barrios is going to show up. But to me, what the Phillies need to do is take advantage of moments and series where they have the pitching matchups that I think favor them. Uh, I think they they have a good chance in that first game. And I think the second game, obviously, with Wheeler on the mound, really favors them. So the Phillies taking two years, what I'd look for, I'd also look for uh, continuously looking at Kyle Schwarber. We talked about that. I'm also wondering, when does the Cassianos turnaround happen? Because he's too good of a hitter. So at what point do we start to see a little bit of that? I would watch that closely too in this series and everything leading up into the all-star break. And if you still don't see it, I also wonder in those season long fantasy leagues, if it's something where you go and you look at Cassianos and you go, you know what? He's a better hitter than he's been so far. Let me go throw out a a low ball trade and see if I can get him on my roster and hope that maybe the all-star break is that reset. And sometimes players need that just a couple days away from the game to reset their brain, refresh, come back with a fresh perspective. And if so, he could be a really big piece for this Phillies lineup. And they need him in the worst way, especially with Harper. So 
to me, the Phillies right now is that team that I'm looking at this series in particular, and I'm going to look for Wheeler with that K prop too. I'd imagine it's be somewhere over around seven. I would still probably take the over because I think the Blue Jays have some strikeout potentially to give Zach Wheeler. But what are your thoughts? What are you looking for in this series between the Phils and the Blue Jays up north of the border? Well, a nice little mini series and it's interleague. So mm-hmm. lack of familiarity <laughs> right. will always come into play there. And then there is also the, the medical requirements of going to play at Toronto. You, you don't know player statuses. That type of thing comes out as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, everything you said is on point. Both of these teams need wins. And uh, I would imagine overs would be the play. Uh, but then again, stranger things have happened. The Dodgers go to visit the Cardinals. Now, I think mm-hmm. the Cardinals need to come out of this series at least feeling good even if it's not two out of three at least being close because they had a moment there about four weeks ago where they were right in there with milwaukee and then they they kind of fell down against philadelphia they, they the bats need to have some confidence and the cardinals need confidence as well yeah. how do you see this dodgers Cardinals series well look the cardinals have lost eight of their last 10 games so that's a problem that that's that's going in the wrong direction that's not how you want to go into the all-star break so you're 100 percent right this is a, a mental lift as much as it's a lift in the standings if they take two or three from the Dodgers. I think it's it's kind of imperative. The problem is they're facing the greatest pitcher on the planet, Tony Gonsolin, who can't be beat. Uh, <laughs> but they have Adam Wainwright in that game, so that really gives them a chance. If Wainwright can just hang there with Tony Gonsolin, I keep saying it, you know, I said at the top of the show, eventually winter is coming for Tony Gonsolin. It has to. This is baseball. I mean, you can't be that sterling for that long. He's not Jacob deGrom. He is not Max Scherzer. He is not Garrett Cole. He's not that kind of pitcher. And all the the deeper indicators are showing the BABIP is at a ridiculously low rate. It's at 188. The XFIP is somewhere closer to four. And his ERA is at 1.6. Those two things eventually come back together. It's just the laws of the game. So maybe this is the beginning of that against a good Cardinals team that could use a a little bit of an offensive boost in the worst way. Now they have Mats and White squaring off in that first game, Gonson and Wainwright in the second, and then Tyler Anderson has been very good uh, against Hudson uh, in that last one. So to me, I think you're right. I think it's the Cardinal offense that I have my look in here. And I think being at home is the right time for them. This is, this is a huge series here for the Cardinals, bigger for the Cardinals than for the Dodgers. So in that first game, well, it's hard not to put money on the side of the Dodgers and Gonson. It's hard not to invest on them. But in DFS, especially if you're looking for an interesting oppo night, I guarantee you on DK, Adam Wainwright's going to be at a decent somewhere around 9K cost would be my guess what his pricing is. That is if he beats Tony Gonson in that game and has a good game, gets the W, that's a big separator in a tournament as a secondary arm, especially if you have a big other pitcher that night going who gets you the big strikeouts that you're looking for. So that's what I'd be looking for in this game, especially in that second one. I think there's ways to make that up. And look, Tyler Anderson, I got to give him credit. He's a crafty lefty, and he's been pretty good this year. But what has your eye in the wagering market in this game other than what I just pointed out? Yeah, no, it's the Dodgers throwing their big three. They don't have to be sexy names. They don't have to be public names. And with regards to to Gonsolin and and the big uh, gap in his expected and his actuals, it's what it is having a good team behind you. It's what it is having a team that is you know, everyone's favorite and their pick to represent the division in the World Series. So he can pitch to contact and he can keep things on the ground. And he knows that the balls that fly off of the bats are going to be caught if there is a play to be made. Uh, the next play to be made is the Red Sox and the Yankees. I mean, how do you handicap this? I know it's our job, but at the same time, the logical 
mind of mine says sit back and relax mm-hmm. and enjoy. But I look at the pitching matchup. Pavetta has been fantastic for the Red Sox. Ivaldi will come back. Now you know he throws gas. And then Chris Sale. Chris Sale and Luis Severino are slated for yeah. 7-17. <clears throat> A lot of lucky numbers there. I'm not so certain, though, how long either guy will be out there. You always have to be careful of that. And you also have to be careful of how the book prices guys coming off the IL. But this is a lot of fun, and I'm eager to hear your take. Well, because Sale's going to make this start here before the break, there's a little bit of extra rest and reset. I think this is a very important game for the Red Sox. I actually think most logic will be where you are, which is, uh, you know what, maybe Sale doesn't go too long. I think it's going to be the opposite. I think Sale's going to go as long as he can. And look, and maybe there is a little bit of a handicap around that. I don't think there's going to be. I think if he's back and ready to pitch, he's going to go out balls to the wall in this series because this is very important for the Red Sox here. He's one of those opportunities where, you know, right before the end, right before you're hitting that all-star break, to get a win against the Yankees in their building and make a little bit of a statement is important mentally to the Red Sox. It's important because if the thought process is Chris Sale is the piece that we're going to add to this rotation in the second half, and then we're really going to compete. Well, then this is the kind of moment that Chris Sale has to have against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium and be the Chris Sale, who is the ace of this rotation. You're right, Pavetta's had a great season, a little rocky of late, so it's a little important that you kind of get back on track here. Um, I think I would still lean towards Pavetta and still give him the benefit of the doubt here. It's unfortunate that Rafael Devers isn't going to see Garrett Cole in this series. I'm sure Garrett Cole is happy to miss Rafael Devers and not have to see him until he goes to the All-Star game. Um, the second game, I think, is up for grabs. I think this is where you see more of the runs scored. Ivaldi uh, and Tyon uh, is one where I would think I would circle the over in this game, too. It's hot in the city in July in that little ballpark. I'd be looking for some home runs. I'd be looking for some total bases in that one. And then that last one, I would be making investments in Chris Sale. I think those big-time pitchers show up in big-time games. I think this is one right before the break. Make a statement to the Yankees who have 60-plus wins and say, hey, we're not going anywhere. We're going to stick with you, and we're going to see you in the playoffs at some point in time potentially. And that is very important. So to me, I'm actually going to invest in Sale. I'm going to invest in the 7-16 game as well, that second game of the series in some of the offense. And that first one, I think I want to make a little bit more of – I think that's going to be one of those – closer games too, where I think Montgomery is underrated, Pavetta is underrated, and it might give you a lower total than you expect. What are your thoughts on this Red Sox Yankees series to close out uh, before the all-star break? Well, first and foremost, how great of a job by the schedulers there. And everyone knows, especially you, that a good story has twists and turns. I would not be surprised to see the Red Sox coming out of this series looking strong. The Yankees looking vulnerable. Remember, I'm a former professional wrestler. It can't just be Hulk Hogan, John Cena win all the time. No, there has to be a vulnerability. Roman Reigns has to tweak a knee. Brock Lesnar has to have an injury to his elbow. The Yankees go limping, for lack of a better term, into the All-Star break. The Red Sox are strong. The AL East has so many options for the postseason. And we're off and running. That's how I can envision it in my crazy wrestling mindset. But that world is aside. I do believe the Yankees are a better team. <laughs> and your assessment is correct. The only thing that I can push back on is the sale thing. While what you said makes sense, keep them out there as long as possible, you know, stretch them out, get them ready. I think it's either a short little run for him or if I'm the Sox, why would you want to go out there, feel good, and then have to wait a whole other six, seven, eight days for the next start? I'd rather you come back after the All-Star break and be on a regular schedule, and that way mentally and physically you can be there. But that's just my opinion. It's going to be a great series, and I think it's going to be highly public. 
Yeah, and I think you're right. I think the schedulers have done a very good job here of setting this up going into the break. And, you know, teams that have great starts to seasons don't always have great finishes. They don't always win it all. I mean, you go back to those days of the Mariners teams. Remember, they were so good in the regular season and then couldn't get done in the postseason. Yeah. Postseason is a different animal. It's about what pitching you could throw out in a short series. It's about can you create runs. It's what makes the Braves so dangerous to get back there yet again. When we come back, we're going to ask some more questions about it. And we're going to give answers right here on Sports Grid. We'll be right back. Stick around. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back into Diamond Vets. Matt and Joe with you here. It's time to round the bases. This is where I ask Joe Pizzapia, who is the author in the mind behind the Black Book series, which has changed the way we look at sports. I asked Joe five burning questions, and he gives us his thoughts. And also, just want to point out there that football's right around the corner. And in mm. this game, a lot of the Sharps leave baseball right about now, Joe, and they head over to football. So I think the pool is open for a lot of people mm -hmm. to win a lot of money that would otherwise yeah. be gobbled up by these so-called sharks. With that said, first question, uh, in your opinion, biggest all-star starter snub? We can go on and on for hours, so try and keep it short. Uh, <laughs> uh, the biggest one to me is Jose Ramirez because that guy has just carried Cleveland. I mean, the, the guy's had such a tremendous season. And 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 it's not I'm not trying to say like Raphael Devers isn't a great player because he is. He's a fantastic player. But I think when you're looking at Jose Ramirez this year, who has 17 homers, 66 rubies, 50 runs scored, hitting 291 with a 957 OPS. Like I understand that Devers has a couple more home runs. He's got far less RBI. Uh, he's got a few more runs scored, but he's playing in a lineup that's got Bogarts and Trevor Story and JD Martinez. Where are those guys for Jose Ramirez? <laughs> like Jose Ramirez also, by the way, has 12 stolen bases on the year. Yeah. So Jose Ramirez, I feel like, is just willing the Cleveland Guardians to be in this race. And it, again, I'm not trying to knock the other guy. The other guy is Jordan Alvarez, who clearly, you know, I get the public. Everybody wants Otani to start the All-Star game. And I, and I understand that. And, you know, if he didn't make the spot you probably wouldn't be the starting pitcher he would be in the all-star game but you want otani out there in the beginning and i don't know if he would pitch or not pitch my guess is he probably won't in the all-star game so getting him in that dh spot i guess but alvarez and ramirez are the two but if i had to pick only one it's ramirez because i feel like that guy is all-star like that's a guy that is literally mm -hmm. dragging a team by the haunches and saying come on there's no quitting us He's getting it done with, you know, I mean, Nolan Jones came up and hit a home run yesterday. That's great. I mean, it was like Andres Jimenez and it's, you know, Fernando Reyes has done nothing this year. I mean, look at what the Cleveland Guardians have had. You know, Steven, it's Steven Kwan every other month being good. And then there's Jose Ramirez just, just willing this team. And again, went yard this weekend again. I don't know, man. Like I just, I can't imagine that dude not being on the starting third baseman for the all-star game this year. And I love Devers. I'm a huge Devers guy. It just seems a little like you know, the big fan base won out there. But that's me. How about you? Who's missing from the All-Star game? 
Well, the question was about the starter and just, you know, the guys starter, are just yeah. blocked because of the pageantry and the the eyes on the game. You mentioned with Otani and stuff. Yeah, Alvarez, definitely Ramirez, Arenado as well. But I think a case could be made for a kid like Julio. I really do. I think that that's something mm. else that people would want to see. And then to a lesser extent, Benintendi, Crone, Luisa Rise leading the league in batting. And Brandon Drury will probably play if Chisholm's health does not uh, impede uh, or his health doesn't work out and he decides not to play. All right, second question here. Oh, my gosh. Who is currently the best overall second baseman in baseball? And you and I rarely argue, <laughs> but, I mean, how can the conversation go beyond Jose Altuve? I think people don't realize what they're seeing here, and they're not going to realize it until he's done and gone. But I think Jose Altuve is one of the best players in baseball, nonetheless the best overall second baseman in the game. Joe, your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just looking at the OPSs of every other second baseman and the names are, you know, it's <laughs> look, Jeff McNeil's a nice baseball player, right? <laughs> He's Jeff McNeil, you know, right. Gavin Lux, Cattell Marte, Jorge Polanco. So like a little bit, it's by default Altuve. Uh, and look, Ozzy Albies is hurt. So Ozzy Albies mm-hmm. is a wonderful player, but you're hundred percent right. Jose Altuve does not get enough credit. Let, let's take a deeper dive into the stats. Now he hits at the top of the order. So the RBI total is only at 32. He's got 44 runs scored in 68 games. He did miss a little bit of time there with an injury. 17 bombs, though, regardless. Six stolen bases, hitting 280. The OBP is 370. The slugging is 536. The OPS is 906. 906. Uh, This is a player who, you know, for his career has just been absolutely spectacular. And and I understand that people are going to always make the argument of, well, there's that scandal and there's that cloud over. And I don't, I don't care about that. I, I really don't because you know, if we, if we start peeling into all the dirty underbelly of every team, I can, <sighs> I can assure you, you're going to be very unhappy with what you find. Um, and you look at what this guy did too. People forget that this was a guy that stole 30 bases for one, two, three, four, five, six years in a row. Stole 30 bases, okay? And now he's entering in his 30s, right? He's in his 30s. So he's not going to steal as much, but he's still got six this year. Probably on pace for about a dozen. Uh, at the end of the year, is he going to come close to 25 home runs and, you know, a dozen steals? And he's going to hit 280, 290? Probably. I mean, it's great to see the batting average really come back and and that premium yeah. Altuve. But, I mean, this is one of the few guys, too. You wonder if he can stick around long enough health-wise with the frame to approach 3000 hits. I don't think he can. I don't think that, I think that's going to elude him. He's at 1800 and change for his career, but he's that kind of hitter. And I think it's time that we give him a little bit more respect. And I hope he gets a nice ovation of the all-star game because he is one of the hardest working guys in baseball. And I don't think he gets enough credit or respect for how good of a player he is. Uh, Baseball is a very hard game and Jose Altuve makes it easy. No way in the world he gets any type of positive reception in that ballpark, but I get your point. Um, third question. Yeah, in that ballpark. You're right. You're right in that ball. Yeah. I mean, um, that's a problem. It's like he gets a good reception in Houston and then like the rest of the like, But think about rewind to a couple years ago. Jose Altuve was beloved. Like even if you, you know, didn't care for the Astros, like, oh, Jose Altuve, he's adorable. He's so great. We got, we got to put him back on the iron throne. Here he is. Here we go. Here we go. We got to put him back on there. It's time. There he is. Jose Altuve back on the Iron Throne. Let's go. Did you belong here? Yes, I am. I'm an all-star. See the bobblehead going up and down. There you go. All the toys. All the toys. <laughs> All righty. 
Uh, with that said, um, in, a, in an imaginary world, uh, which three players would you like to see partake in this year's home run derby? Obviously, you have to be players mm. that are playing in the league currently, but a lot of guys are opting out. They say it affects their swing. It's a, another day that they don't have to do something. But uh, personally, I'd like to see Judge Schwarber and Jordan Alvarez. I just think based off the numbers, it would be fun. But I do understand guys opting out. What says you? Well, first of all, it's a lot harder nowadays because of that clock. I mean, it's yeah. it's an athletic, exhausting event, especially in the heat and yeah. things like. So I kind of get it. Like you know, it wasn't like oh, I'm gonna hit you know some palms and take a break. Like these guys are exhausted. It is a very tiring thing. Um, <clears throat> Schwarber would definitely be one I'd like to see in it. Uh, Alvarez for sure. And you know, I want to see Pete Alonso in it because I think Pete Alonso, like he kind of gets that fan experience thing. He's he's a real fan of the game. And I think he he gets it and it's fun. And he knows that people want to tune in and want to see him hit bombs. So those are the three guys I would like to see. Um, you know, it'd be, it'd be fun to see a guy like Julio do it. Young kid, right? Like That's the other guy too that I would, I'd love to see somebody like that get involved this year. You know, somebody, one of these bright young stars in baseball go out there and put on the show. Because I think Julio is a kid that's just, he's just special, man. He's just special. And look, Juan Soto's got nothing to play for. Let's throw him in the mix too. Come on, Juan, nice. go out there. Let's go, Juan. <clears throat> that would that would definitely be a, a nice added uh, bonus mm-hmm. all right everyone loves home runs so let's stick with the category here is anyone going to catch aaron judge for the home run lead before the end of the year now you can play this al side or for the entirety of baseball your choice that's a great question um if anybody has it i think it's alvarez i think alvarez once again benefits from the see, would judge benefits so much from the ballpark and then the other ballparks in that division so that's a that's a big plus um alvarez benefits from the ballpark and benefits from that division quite a bit too in terms of some of the lower rung pitchers especially relief pitching he gets to see sometimes so to me alvarez is that guy that i think could really make that jump right now it's judge at the top with 30 schwarber with 27 alvarez with 26 then trout with 24 alonzo buxton riley all in that next mix with anthony rizzo and giancarlo stanton so to me, it's it's the guys at the top. I don't know if Schwarber can really keep pace with the other two, but Alvarez, to me, has that best opportunity. And up until about a week ago, I don't know if it's still out there. I can go double-check right now, but I think it is still a player special on FanDuel. It is. So the odds are Aaron Judge at minus 140 to lead the league in home runs. Kyle Schwarber at plus 360, but Jordan Alvarez at plus 550. Man, a 5-1 to one spot on Jordan Alvarez? That's pretty good, Matt. Like, I would go and take that. Trout is plus 1,200. Alonzo's plus 14, and Vlad is 20-1. to one. But Alvarez sitting at plus 550, that is that is very tempting to me. Yep, he's got the purest home run swing. But your mm-hmm. point about Judge and Judge's swing has been fixed. There was a time where there was holes in that swing. But the park factors within the division are certainly something that I think elude people uh, when they think about something like that. But, yeah, it should be Alvarez. That would be the one name. All right, fifth question. Uh, give me a surprise name you think will be moved by the trade deadline. We've heard Kansas City is going to move Benintendi. Does Whit Merrifield go as well? Do the A's uh, give you someone <clears throat> other than Montas? Do they spin around an Irvin or a Blackburn for something? Uh, give me some surprise names. What do you think? Well, it's interesting because I expected you to say Benintendi, but Merrifield all of a sudden became a very interesting one to me too because he has struggled this year. And I don't know. I mean, maybe he just needs a change of scenery. I don't know. I mean, Whit Merrifield's a guy who's dropping 200 at seasons, and now all of a sudden he, sure. his OPS is in the 500 range. That, that makes no sense. Let's get this guy a refresh. Let's get him somewhere else uh, and get him at the top of the order. I think he could really help a lot of offenses. That's for sure. Um, 
looking around too, you know, it, it's funny because there, there's so many other American League teams that are just kind of clumped together right now. I don't think the Angels are going to be sellers necessarily. I don't think they can really make that work for their fan base. Um, and I don't think Oakland has any other pieces really outside of Montas that can help anyone. I do think Trey Mancini will be a piece that probably should get moved. It makes the most sense, but I don't know if that counts as a surprise necessarily. Uh, I'll tell you what, you know, what will be fascinating is, you know, if you are looking for a big time bat to add, I'd be knocking the door of the Rockies about CJ Cron. Um, because, you know, especially now with the DH in the National League too, you don't have to play him at first base every day. You can get him some action that DH spot too. I wonder if CJ Crone is actually a, a player that might be more in play for a team because that that guy could be a difference maker in the middle of a lineup. But uh, it's for a surprise names. Those are some of the ones that might come to mind. Merrifield being the one that would be, I think, a little bit more on the peripheral that people might not be thinking about. How about you, Matt? Is there any surprise names that come to mind for you? Well, you got my wheel spinning on Crone because now I'm trying to find a place. Did the Yankees have enough to give back to Colorado? Because that seems mm. like something the Yankees would do. And now they just have a lineup that just beats you over the head. Um, so that's intriguing. But yeah, the Whit Merrifield, I kind of threw it out in jest, but he's always been one of my favorite players. I mean, I grew up loving the Tony Gwynns of the world. So I like the hitters of the world. I also can see maybe Minnesota making a deal to better themselves. I mean, right. again, speaking of hitters, they have Luisa Rice. Why not build on something like that? I think that they would. They made the deal with Sanchez and Sano. That's a lot of strikeouts. So you can mm -hmm. revisit something to lengthen that lineup in Minnesota. I don't know what it would be. But uh, the Crone thing is interesting, man. It really is. Good on you. I would think the Minnesota is the team that's really got to make a, a move offensively. I'd like to see the Brewers. I told you, I thought Mancini would be a good fit there. Move to Les. Right. I yeah. mean, maybe Cron could be a guy to go to Milwaukee. I mean, that's a very home run friendly environment too. They need some offense. I think the Padres could use some offense. The Mets offense has struggled, but I think um, that's just something. They were so red hot for a while. It was going to come back down to earth, but Marte's hurt again too. Potentially that's always a problem. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Mets were in the, uh, it's not gonna be a first baseman, but maybe another outfield or something like that for the Mets. Uh, but uh, we shall see. There will be somebody that surprises us. And I think this is going to be a fascinating trade deadline because how many teams think they are in it? How many teams think they might not be? We'll be right back to close things out strong on Diamond Bets. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, folks, as we close the book on another great edition of Diamond Bets, I want to remind you at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV, those are the social media handles. And stick around, football full circles coming your way with our friends Mike and George. They're going to give you everything you need to get a head start on your football fantasy world. And of course, the Black Book is out there as well. Don't sleep on that. Mm -hmm. Joe Pizzapia, my friend, three outs, three things to which you are looking forward. Mm -hmm for the coming week first of all terrible English, one thing that matt striker and i can agree <laughs> on the greatness of keith hernandez that's right keith hernandez there it is the little starting lineup finally got his number retired look at the 17 right there a great cardinal a great met should be in the hall of fame every other great 
greatest defender at their position is in the Hall of Fame, except Keith Hernandez. It's a travesty. It needs to change. But one thing that Matt Stryker and I can agree on, Keith Hernandez was great. So it's great that he got his number retired well long overdue nice ceremony yesterday so shout out to the 17 in the joe pizapia 17 that's where it came from baby i'm keith hernandez all right what i'm looking forward to jacob de progress this is important this next start no setbacks no problems no issues then the frankie montas shoulder issue is it going in the right direction or the wrong direction the a's are gonna have to I don't know, go light a candle in church, do some voodoo stuff. I don't know. They got to figure it out because this is a, a bad situation now potentially for them. And then who are the Derby names? Who's going to be in the home run Derby? Who's going to miss out on it? Who is going to pass? Are we going to get some fun people participating that we didn't think? We got a lot going on next week, including the MLB draft coming up. So lots of fun things, lots of excellent times going on in Major League Baseball. The Futures game, the draft, the All-Star game, the Derby is a beautiful time to be alive. I want to thank all of our LTN crew for making it work. I want to thank Jack and Chris and, of course, Bajigalupo Baj for making the show run today, doing such a great job. He's got no sleep, and he's still doing a great job here. We had fun talking baseball with you. Hope you enjoyed the show and you stick around for more great programming and follow us on social media and all the channels that we have on Twitter, on Instagram, everywhere, at SportsGrid and at SportsGridTV. That'll do it for us with the story of the game goes on for Matt Stryker. I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.